0: Welcome, movie fans. Thank you for joining us for episode 77 of Reading Between the Reels. If you're a new listener, we're so glad you found us. If you've been enjoying the show, please tell someone about us, send a tweet, post to Facebook, write a review on your favorite podcast catcher, or just recommend the show to a friend. I'm Craig Dickinson, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, Corey Heichmidt, Justin Eldon. What's up, fellas? How we doing? We're
1: good. It's all in the reflexes.
0: Justin.
2: I'm gonna assume that was a movie reference. Uh I'm good too. <laughs> Slightly sick, so I'm yeah.
0: sorry for the nasally voice. That
2: that's that's quite
0: all right. And yes, that was a reference to the movie that we're talking about tonight. So that'll be interesting. Ah, for
2: I have watched the movie, yes.
0: Yes, yes, because tonight we are so talking I... about big trouble in little yes. China.
1: That's the old <laughs> Port Chop Express himself.
0: <laughs> so uh Corey, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, overall thoughts on Big Trouble and Little China.
1: Craig, I'm going to try and keep this under an hour, but I'm just going to tell you, I cannot speak highly enough about this movie. This is a classic from when I grew up. I know this movie did not do that well when it was released in cinemas. That's the studio's fault. That is not the fault of Kurt Russell or Jack Burton there. And uh, it has a great ensemble cast. I think they're absolutely fantastic. This movie is a just all-around fun-filled action, adventure, comedy. Has everything you want from the 80s that just makes a great movie and uh, brings in some great cast members. A great director, John Carpenter. The only thing that I have about this movie is why I don't have a sequel. That's my only thing. I absolutely love this movie. I think it's great. Filled with quotable moments the whole way through the movie. Um, I just, I can't, it's a cult classic. It's one of those movies. I think people our age, Justin, I know you don't get this one yet, but it's people our age, watch this movie, loved it, especially later. They're like, you know, this is the kind of movie you can pop on and you can jump in and out of while you're doing something. And you're just going to jump in for 10 minutes cause you can't turn away. And it's going to have some quotes that you just need. So I think it's a great movie. I absolutely love it.
0: Now this is the movie that we made Justin watch this summer.
1: Yes, Speak literally
0: originally. made me watch. Yes. yes. So what are your thoughts Justin as a as a newcomer to Big Trouble in Little China? Uh,
2: you know, I can give a a definite with 100% certainty. Uh I'll I'll give it a a, a big
1: I <sighs> <laughs> I'm so crushed.
2: I- I just I know I know Corey. I'm so sorry. I'm so I'm sorry to do that to you. I just I need to let b- b- before all the people hate me. I just need to let everyone know that I did not watch this movie when I was younger. I did not I did not see this movie till I was nearly a man. Um <laughs> la- last summer during the summer. Um sorry, Batman quote there. Um Yeah. Yeah, if you take out all the nostalgic Factors that I'm sure you guys have feeding into it. I just I don't I don't get it. I I put so much stock in in Craig's movie recommendations, and he was talking up this movie like there was no tomorrow. And then I watched it, and I'm like, what is this? What is happening? What what's going on? Here's here's what it is. I'm gonna spitball this analogy, but it's probably gonna be the best thing that's ever happened to any of your ears. Um. It's like leftovers. It's like, okay, your mom made lasagna, and the lasagna was really good. Uh, And then the next day, she makes beef stew. Beef stew was pretty good. Next day, she makes like chicken and rice, all great meals. But then like the weekend rolls around and mom doesn't want to make dinner anymore. And it's just it's leftover night, right? She pulls out the lasagna, the beef stew, the chicken and rice, and puts it all on the table. And you just have to like, kind of pick and choose they're all good individually but you put it all together and it's like it's not a meal and it's kind of like past its prime that was this movie i feel like they couldn't decide is it a is it a comedy is it an action is it a love story is it uh are they trying to be cringy or is it just bad writing i don't know i don't think anyone knows
1: I see where you're going with that. I do. I do kind of see that. And I would say that analogy is actually not too bad. It makes sense. Uh, if someone's going to be on the wrong side of history and uh, not like the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, and I we t- go ahead.
2: Oh, I mean, I, I can respect that. I'm like firmly in the wrong camp here. Um, but you know, just, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. That's just how I felt. That being said, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie that I did not enjoy very much.
0: Oh, okay. I don't. I don't know <laughs> well, what that we're, means, we're gonna, but that's how I. Felt. We're going to find out how that. Yeah, you know, what that means. Uh, I, I firmly believe that all of it was intentional. Um, it, it is a very unique movie. Although, like one of the things that I love about this movie is is that Thor Ragnarok. Um, Taika Waititi has is on record as saying like that was one of the that this movie was one of the inspirations for that. Which makes a lot of sense that you've kind of have this action comedy that's just kind of stuff out of left field. Uh, but even still, like the, the combination of yes, of, like you mentioned, you know, action adventure, romance, horror, tongue in cheek, just stupidity, but also like on purpose. I, I just love, I love the combination. It is very different, and it's kind of a palate cleanser. And you kind of have to be in the mood for it. I think it is. Like, I can only imagine you just being thrown into that with no recollection or with no, no frame of reference rather. So I, I can appreciate oh, that.
2: Also, if I recall, uh, you, so, so what happened is over the summer, like we said, Craig made me watch it, but, uh, it was like a movie night at his house and yeah. we had just watched blade runner right before this. Mm. And that's, they're just blade runner is one of my favorite movies. So to go from that to big trouble in little China is just, It's
1: rough. Yeah. See, and I think I'm gonna have that opposite view, Justin. I think I'm gonna go from Big Trouble Little China, which I love so much, to Blade Runner, which I'm gonna t- I'm gonna be honest, confession time, I have not made it through one viewing of that show without falling asleep at some point in the I think the three or four times I've tried to watch that show in the last ten years.
2: Corey, I think this is where our friendship ends. I just don't think <laughs> we can it's it's not it's not me, it's you, like it's not for me. sure it's
0: you. I'm the problem. it's me yeah, uh-huh. I mean this is one of my joys of doing the show though is is either being forced to watch, which has happened to me occasionally <laughs> or or forcing someone to watch a movie so that we can kind of talk about it and kind of get to revisit those and and yes, as much as I had to force Justin to watch this movie, I'm looking forward to quote unquote forcing Corey to watch Blade Runner. Yes. We'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks uh, for sure.
1: All right, Craig, we need to hear your take on this show. We need no, you to break the tie. It's one to one right now. No,
0: I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, and and one thing that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point is I think the thing you have to appreciate too is that Kurt Russell, his character, thinks he's the leading man, but he's not. He's actually the sidekick. And I think yes. you, have, you have to watch the movie that way. Like John Carpenter has has stated as much that yeah, Jack Burton thinks that he's the hero, but he's really not. He's, he's an Wang. idiot. Wang, yeah, is Wang, the he's, Wang is the hero.
1: Absolutely the hero, the whole story. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, the, the, that opening scene with with Egg Shen and the lawyer, like, that's just randomness that got tossed in because the studio didn't oh, understand like that, that either. Yeah, it's kind of funny because it's anything with, you know, Egg Shen.
1: I have a um, no, no,
0: that
2: line you just said, like, randomness that just got tossed in, you could say that about any <laughs> scene of this movie. Like, that sentence just applies... It's just – it's like they got done editing some other movie and there were just like pieces on the floor of the editing room and they're like, you know, I think we can make a pretty good movie out of all these yeah. pieces. Let's we'll just see. put it all together see what happens. And, and
0: part of the history of this movie too that – you know, that this is actually the scaled back version, Justin, because at one point it was going to be a Western on top of all of the rest of this stuff. So the fact uh, that yeah, it was I set in modern day times, yeah, like, yeah, it's less weird than it could have been. This is the compromise. <laughs>
2: This is- I, I just I just I have on my computer screen right here the like official movie poster up and it's just completely ridiculous. You got you got Jack is it Jack Burton is the guy's yep. name yes. standing there and like yeah. water up to his knees. And then like some Asian guy and like looks like a pee filled bathtub with another <laughs> like creepy Asian guy with really long fingernails behind him. Like the whole Low thing It's just yeah. it's it's. Rah. You know what? Right. I'm just okay. – I'm going to
0: try and stay quiet well, during this. Let's <laughs> let's get into the specifics of the – as Justin so eloquently said. Um, Corey, we're going to talk about cinematography first as we always do. Can you have a few things you have for composition, color, camera work that you pulled out this viewing?
1: Yeah. I I think some of the things that stand out in this movie is definitely the alleyway fight that they go into. Mm. For whatever reason, it's dark, it's rainy. It almost feels like a scene out of Braveheart for a second. It's all fo- or it's not rainy, but it's foggy, the ground's all wet, and there's just this big giant gang fight in the middle of an alley that they drive up on. And to go with this, Justin, it is random. The guy comes out with two six shooters. They start firing away. They have like some AK-47s firing away at everything. <laughs> Jack and Wang are in the truck watching. And typical 80s, there's not a bullet hole anywhere. And the guys just got – a couple guys just got shot up right in front of them. And then, okay, we're going to go down to pitchforks, clubs, and, and straight street fighting. <laughs> and, so, and so it's kind of one of those where you're like, okay, the color, the the mood, the the, the – the fog and the kind of dark alley. I mean, I don't I don't know what to say about that camera work. But then during the action scene, Craig, there's one scene where the guy comes up and does a spinning roundhouse kick that would make Jean-Claude Van Damme look wonderful. Yeah. And he kicks the camera and swivels the camera. <laughs> and so it's a random stuff. Genius. To put all in one's team. Yes, Justin. But that's the beauty. That was the 80s. That's how people lived back then. And it was mm-hmm. new, and it was revolutionary. Some people lived back then, that's just how like lived random back then, just street fights without blood. <laughs> fights, and nobody. Yes, that's it was what we so red Oh man,
2: I was born at the latter end of the eighties, and I'm so glad I survived. And I'm going to tell like, you right now, we who could knows?
1: not, we could not get enough of those roundhouse kicks. John Claude Van Damme, oh. Steven Seagal, all of them, and then we got this guy jumping in the alley, swinging and kicking the in the camera. It was yeah. beautiful. It's a thing of art. Yeah, I don't know, but like I think that scene, and then some of the color later. There's some beautiful, vibrant colors that go on in this, and uh, I added some neon green on a skull later. Yes, sure. Which, you know, I mean, when you think of old, ancient uh, Chinese mystical magic, you definitely think of neon lights on a skull. <laughs> Guy uh, in in
2: what seems to be a shopping mall, like a like yes. a mall from, and he descends yeah, okay.
1: in you know uh, royalty robes while coming down an escalator. Yes, that's the kind of thing you would expect to see in that kind of mythical yeah, environment. As one does, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, but the color of the composition, <laughs> I think they definitely fill the '80s buck of just having a good time in a classic, classic. Uh, I don't even know what genre to put this in, but it's just no, like every it's, genre. It, it touches genre. every one of those genres.
0: How did it touch you, Justin?
2: <laughs> just <laughs> deciding if I want to vomit right now. Um, I, no, I I wish I liked this movie more because I really like eighties movies. Like they are my my favorite, like favorite time period. I guess of of movies. I think that that time right before uh, CGI was used is just magical. Like practical effects got. So good. Um, and there was a lot of focus on like big elaborate sets, which I think this movie has. Um, and we've kind of talked about this before, but I like how the sets feel. They feel like lived and used in and kind of grungy. And this this fits that the same. I just, I want you two to think about this movie, like take off your nostalgia glasses and think about this movie in that <laughs> aspect. And it's just a mess. It's a mess of a movie. <laughs> I want to like it. I really do. But I
0: can't. Oh, yeah.
2: I can't know, but it it has, it has its elements. Jack Burton, he is, uh, it's like he wants to be Han Solo or he wants to be the Han Solo that Han Solo thinks he is, I guess. Um, but he's just, he's just not that person. And I, and I like that. That's really great. But there's just so many things like something happens and you're like, oh, okay. I, I, I can, I can live with that. They'll explain that later. Certainly. And then they never do. And they never revisit it. And it's just, I just can't do it. I can't do it.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, any uh, camera work that you uh, noticed <laughs> that you thought was interesting?
2: Oh, sorry, sorry. I went, I went off there. Uh, no, I was, just, just I go. was too busy with other things. Um, okay. I, I apologize. I uh, no, That's okay. no comment.
0: So I, I have I have a bunch of stuff that I that I liked. Um, first off, speaking of nostalgia stuff, there's a Star Wars wipe in this, which I thought was really interesting. There is one like circular editing wipe right before Jack goes into the brothel, just out of nowhere. It's the only one. Which I was like, oh hey, that's like Star Wars. I wonder if we will see more of those. Nope, we did not. that was just one. Just the one. Just the one. It was some guy
2: like got his free trial to uh, to Microsoft 365, and it's like I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna try the PowerPoint wipe. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it. I mean, you have the editing, I think, is really interesting. Other than that, most of it is really, really quick. Uh, It's by um, a couple of guys. You get Steve uh, Merkovich, who did Con Air, uh, which makes sense. Uh, Mark Warner, who did Rocky 3, 48 Hours, Weird Science, The Running Man, uh, was also nominated for for Driving Miss Daisy. So you've got some high quality behind the scenes guys in this. In addition to John Carpenter, I think John Carpenter is kind of an acquired taste anyway. He's just. Little bit off, but I think that's you either like him or you. Or you don't. But the cinematographer too, uh, Dean Cundy, who's worked with with uh, uh, Carpenter a lot, did the first three Halloween movies. He did Escape from New York, The Thing. He did the Back to the Future trilogy also, uh, and he was nominated for best cinematographer for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He also did Jurassic Park. So you have some really good behind the scenes talent. Um, so I think it's really t- even though the story is bizarre, I think. It looks good in a lot of ways. I think technically yes. there are some things that are really, really interesting. You know, I'm always a big fan of composition of seeing, you know, the good guys coming from the left, the bad guys coming from the right. And you have that initially with the fight between the Chang Sings in yellow and, and the Wing Kongs, the bad guys in red, which also red rage and yellow was kind of happiness. And so you've got those things. But then like they're coming from both directions at one point and they switch the, the direction that um, Jack and and... What's his friend's name? Uh, Wang and Wang. Yeah, they switch the directions, so it becomes. But I think it's completely intentional that it's disorienting to us because it's disorienting to them. If that it's makes disorienting.
2: sense. Disorienting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, as as is when they first enter that uh, that alley to go in there, you get this great bird's eye view shot looking straight down at the Pork Chop Express. So you're like, something is about to be off as they go through. So. Um, Those are just a couple of things that that I noticed that I thought was interesting, You know, stylistic choices, especially knowing who was behind the scenes and all of these things.
1: See, these are things I don't think about, Craig, when I'm watching it, even a movie like this that I love so much and I'm watching it and then you point it out and because I've seen it so much, it stands out and I go, you're right, it makes sense. I just picked it. I didn't know that, but it makes so much more sense. The yellow, the red, the directions they're coming in, it's a little chaotic. I mean, all of those things. It just... It fits together. There is some intentionality here that, and I think sometimes maybe that's what makes a movie, like if Justin doesn't like that kind of a movie, but for other movies in the future, it's like sometimes when you know those things, it makes a maybe a bad movie not so bad. Or a, a movie that you're frustrated with be like, oh, well, there's a little bit of stuff here. I just didn't like that take, you know, kind of thing, but to understand it more.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping that we you know we encourage people to just watch intentionally, even if you're kind of forced, like Justin was like as a hostage almost <laughs> to watch yes. this movie. There's still <laughs> you know, are there redeeming things in this?
1: We forced- Craig had
2: my dog and would not release my dog until I watched this movie.
1: <laughs> in a sense, you were like Jack Burton. You were pulled into the story, Ooh, Justin. You were okay. pulled in. Yes. You had seen some very unreasonable things. <laughs> you're a reasonable guy. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. Uh, Last thing I want to point out with this is the, is back to the color. You guys mentioned the green already with the, the green neon around the the skull and stuff at the end. Um, I thought it was interesting that most of the low pan magic is green as well. What's that?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So yeah, the, the green magic, like there's that magic cloud over the brothel and whatnot. Um, and then when he's fighting, uh, fighting egg and at, when they have that little like ring fight, which is like, he's playing a video game, which is kind of entertaining. Uh, so he's trying, the green is evil, but it also like there's the green eyes of the women that he's trying to mm. to get as well. So there's kind of like, maybe he has to use the green to, to redeem the green in some way or I'm not sure. Uh, but mm. that, I don't think those are coincidences. No, not at all. So. All right, let's talk about sound. Corey, what about, uh, what about sound? What do you notice for effects, the soundtrack, vocal sounds, any
1: of those well- things? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out to John Carpenter because I did not realize he does a lot of music and things on his own. He's not just a director, he's also well known for music. Uh, the thing that I would say about this, all of the songs and all of the music are just synthesizer beats and music and songs. The the only one that I think is really catchy to me is the very opening monologue one with Jack on the Pork Shop Express. It's a cool, catchy theme. I would recognize it anywhere. There's no words, it's just music. And all of the music throughout the whole movie. And the only time I really noticed, it's one of those things I I just like I always try and pay attention because I know you're gonna ask this question, Craig, and then I forget. And then halfway through the movie I'm like, oh yeah, pay attention to the music. (laughs) And then at the end, the credits is the only time that I really heard words in songs. I mean the rest of the time it was just this these synthesizer beats and that followed the action of the of the show. You know, it was the typical dark music for things that were going, you know, a little bit south and then up music for things that were going kind of peppy and action. And it added to the scene. Yeah. But there were a lot of parts where there was no music at all. It was just straight quiet monologue and talking and, and that sometimes can be off putting and, and pull you out of a show or a scene that way.
0: Yeah. I felt like at many points that I was kind of anticipating a pop song to be played. Like in modern day movies, that's going to happen repeatedly. But in this, yeah. there, there there isn't any. Like the clo- like you mentioned, Corey, the closest thing you have to a pop song is played over the end credits. And again, that's that's the Coupe de Ville's, which is John
1: Carpenter's band. Yeah. So and, like it's all him on the music. And we're talking about an 80s movie where music was everywhere in all these movies. I mean, mm. it was like it had to have rock or pop in there. This would have had a very rock feel, I think, for some of those things. Yeah. And this um, but, is
0: after but, Back to the Future. So you know that that's been a thing already. And Ghostbusters as well. So.
1: But the... It is absolutely a great opening beat that they put in there. Whatever they synthesized in that very beginning is an incredible mix. I think to mix yeah, with Jack.
0: Yeah, and it's got the guitar. It's like the one song that actually has guitar in it too. Yeah, the, the Pork Chop Express song. Justin, what about you? Anything you noticed? Sound effects, music. I mean, I I love a good synth, um, but just
2: just generally, like without. <laughs> without without the beats, like this the scenes would not be as like captivating and they wouldn't like put that sense of urgency on it. And I actually I actually liked that there wasn't any famous pop songs or anything like that in there. It made the movie kind of feel like its own and like it it wasn't uh, just trying to like say capitalize on like the popular song of the week or whatever it may be. Um, but I was trying to figure out. Uh, what because because after i watched the movie i went and I'm, I'm like okay i've heard this music before where have i heard this so I was trying to figure out like what influenced this and i couldn't really find anything much older that had this style of music and i started to realize that this basically influenced everything else <laughs> that i had heard like it, sure. it, this wasn't influenced by something else this was the influence which i thought was was really uh interesting for such like a relatively unliked movie at the time to be influential, at least in the, in the music mm-hmm. way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, in my research, I, I saw John Carpenter was nominated for a Saturn award for best music. So like it, if nothing else, it did get recognition for the music. Which is kind of cool. Um, as for me, the, like the effects that I really like, the lightning effects are, I think pretty distinctive. <laughs> the sound effects. Oh,
2: yes, yeah, they're
0: distinctive, all uh, right? The, <laughs> Jack's gun, uh, that looks like a, like a little machine gun, the intertech Tech Nine is what it's called, is just ridiculously loud. I, I love it. it; it's just completely over the top. Um, the uh, the whooshing sounds, though, I think, are fantastic. Like the martial arts ones, like they're completely over the top. The like, and, like when Wang's flying through the air in the final battle because he's just powered up, apparently. Like it's just all super over the top and it doesn't sound like anything else
2: yeah so how did that happen with wing because i feel like at the beginning he was he was a pretty average guy and then by the end he could be like the the main star of like the avengers like what what's what was going on there he, he's the hero so uh, he just gets hero powers
0: yeah.
1: It was the potion that they took in the elevator after the elevator. Oh. Egg Shen says he makes the comment. But, With this, you'll be able to do things nobody can do. You'll be able to see things no one can see, and it powered everybody. That's why they're like, "I got a real positive feeling." <laughs> they all do this weird like L shaped one yeah. to each other. Hey, yeah, and he's like, "Is it getting hot?" But it didn't here? like do anything for Jack. It, it
2: like made him a little and bit so stronger, right?
1: It did. That's how he grabbed the knife and killed uh, Oh, Pan. That's a nice he pull. was powered up
0: at the end. Still, that's true. He did do that. The guy threw a knife and, it, and he caught him. It, it through just a
1: hypersensed everything. It went full Spidey sense. Here is what we're doing, and so that six demon bag was just the excellent power <laughs> that they bag. needed. Yeah, it's the whole don't, mystical. Don't do
2: drugs, kids. It's the myst-
1: bu- <laughs> It was a shot of tequila with some other stuff. So I bought in no, Corey. <laughs> I'm in <laughs> some other stuff. It, well, yeah. It's that's the beauty of this show. Was that there's the mystical part and. And here's what happened. I'm going to, now I got to bring you into this, Justin. You, you started an avalanche. I can't stop. Okay. <laughs> no. This hyped their senses up mm-hmm. and made them more superhuman. But oh, is, Lopin, wait, is this the theory? Yeah. No, no, no. This is oh. not the theory. But oh, Lopan, because he was poking her arm, trying to become human again, he became flesh. He was weakening. So they were strengthened up ah. and he was weakening. And that's why Lopan dies from a knife to the head. Because superhuman Jack Burton, sidekick man, catches it and throws it back. Love
2: it. Hey, I just want to say that anyone who would die from a knife to the head. Well, yeah. Well, that
1: was that's that's pretty common. Except for Ghost Lopan.
0: Because he got rid of it. But he
1: was no longer Ghost Lopan. That's true. Which is why Thunder ends up killing himself by blowing himself up, is because he was so crushed that after thousands of years, he watched his master die right there. There you go. <laughs> it sense. all makes sense it's all, john carpenter is brilliant
0: it's got its own internal logic justin you can't deny it
1: oh all and right this, <laughs> this movie doesn't end here i will tell you a fan theory that i came up with as soon as there's the right <laughs> moment where i can Wait, slip it in Corey listen is i don't want to be the is guy
2: it? on this podcast that's just negative about every movie but this one in particular i'm having a hard time
0: uh, so that seems like a nice transition into the dialogue <laughs> justin Let's talk about that. What do you let's start with you, Justin? Do you have any favorite Again, lines or thing that just stood out to you one way or the other?
2: I I quite enjoy most things that came out of Jack Burton's mouth. Like I I want to <laughs> But I just don't know that he was intentionally trying to like be funny. Like I feel like they tried to make him cool and then he just wasn't cool, and they're like, well, what if we played it off as a joke? No? What? No, it's Son totally of a intentional. beat
1: must pay. I'm telling you what.
0: <laughs> what that's one hell? of Jack
1: Burton's lines, by the way. Cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, it's totally intentional.
1: <laughs> Jack Burton, I- his lines are the best because he's so over the top. And everybody else is wholly bought in and serious through this whole movie. A- Wang was serious the whole time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see. I had
0: on on the scale. We haven't talked about this in a while, but we have that scale of acting. We talk about with static, dramatic, and melodramatic. And I pretty much had everybody on the melodramatic side. I mean, Kim Cattrall is way over the top. Don't worry, it's me, Gracie Law. Um, one of my favorite lines too is Margot says, and this is like the worst line of dialogue ever because most of it's just extremely chunky, clunky yeah. exposition. Where she says, you mean the David Lopan that is chairman of the National Orient Bank and who owns the Wing Kong Import Export Trading Company, but is so reclusive that no one's laid out on this guy for years? And it's just like, she has to take a breath in the middle because it's such a long, like, they just like, we'll fix that later. And they never did. Yeah. It's like, it dumped exposition. Like, that is an exposition dump. It's a
1: perfect example of that. And they're just like, we're just making this movie. We don't really care. What's it called? The Joker in Lego Batman did it, where they set it up. They set that up. Well, it's like
0: foreshadowing, right?
1: Foreshadowing. Well, yeah. I- is there more? No, it's, another thing. they did it on the plane. I can't remember where it's that word where you basically tell a long nonsensical thing, but it sets up the premise for the movie without having to go do a backstory.
2: <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, exposition dump. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's exactly. Oh, what it I is. guess that's something else. There's fancy. so, but it's, s- I love it.
2: So, so, so favorite line, I think Corey already said it, I believe. Uh, I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. <laughs> and I feel like I want to use that line every year at the start of my school year Yeah, when I'm like going over my class policies with students like, listen, yeah. I'm a reasonable teacher. I've just seen some unreasonable <laughs> things in the rare. years of my teaching. Yep. Every single one of these rules that I've enacted is because someone mm-hmm. was an idiot along the lines. I'm a reasonable yeah. guy. That's
0: true.
1: I think so. Just to point out on the slide scale of acting, I think I look at it as because I'm a huge fan. So, from my take, Jack is this macho yet goofy sidekick. He's smart, alecky, he's whimsy. He throws a lot of lines out there, very disrespectful to Lopan, you know, or check yourself into a psycho ward like he tells him. I mean, just (laughs) flat out, he's all (laughs) just seen some real weird things. Uh, and then Wang, but Wang, though, here's what I love. In the 80s, Wang is the most heroic coolness person that you ever saw in this movie. Like you look at his acting level of what he did. I I don't know that, that he did too many movies, but I loved that guy. He didn't, yeah. Ever through yeah. the 80s, I looked at him as he was the coolest. He was style. He was smooth. He was cool. And I could have seen this guy in you know four or five other movies and, and would have gone to him because I thought he was so cool. And so, and I think of him as the hero of the whole movie, so. Yeah.
0: And he has one of like my favorite exchanges where he doesn't typically do this, but uh, like Jack's pointing to the the riding on the elevator. He's like, what does that say? And Wang says, it's a hell of boiling oil. He's like, you're <laughs> kidding. Yeah, yeah. It says, keep out.
1: I know, it says, let's keep out. His delivery. <laughs> he is a comedic genius too. And then Egg Shen. I love Egg Shen. <laughs> I, I love that man. You know, he's, he's just such a character in all the movies he's played. And, uh, yeah, Victor Wong,
0: who's in, you know, about, right about the same time he's in, um, the golden child too, I mean, more or less the same guy. He's pretty great.
1: And wait, um, there's, there's one more guy that you have to put in this acting scale. It's the guy who was in every movie. Well, James Hong. You're, James you're Hong.
0: Yeah. He's he fantastic.
1: He died in this movie. He dies in, he's died more movies than anybody else. And it's like you, if you have a movie that has some type of, uh, this type, the genre, kung fu, anything like this. James Hong's in it, and he's yeah. going to get killed. And the spoiler alert, Corey, he's in Blade Runner. Uh, of course he is. Yeah, he he's just elevated that movie. Do you so, know who co- we're talking about, Justin? Low I do. Yeah, no, no, I do. no, 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 not James Hong. No, no Low Pan's in everything. No, the other guy, the stunt man. Oh, the stunt man is in this. Oh, I thought that, we were talking
2: about what? What is that, that guy's name in Blade Runner? Wuanchu
1: Mustache. He's oh, in. Al, Al, he was Die Hard. Al. Yes,
0: Ellie. Yeah. the
1: diehard we, candy guy. He is in all of these movies. That's and, true too. Uh, you look at him and you just recognize him everywhere.
0: Yeah, he he's great. Um, so any other favorite lines? I know, Corey, you you've been kind of dropping them left and right. Do you have any other thing that we haven't said that you want to?
1: Uh, oh, are we starting quotes? Because I'm going to tell yeah. you right now,
0: this whole movie's
1: quotable. No, I know it is. Uh I'm going to say I'm going to start with this one, the one that I text to all my friends. I post on Facebook. Every, every July Fourth without fail, may the wings of liberty never lose a feather.
2: <laughs> I just now realized oh, 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 why you said that. I just, I time. never put that together. Yeah, yeah I'm. You haven't even said the line yet, and I,
0: I know the it already. The
1: army, and the navy, and the battles they have won, right? That's what Wang says, in yeah. the Jack just looks and it says, yep. "May the wings of liberty never lose a feather."
0: Yeah, completely <laughs> so sincere. Oh yeah, it's a good line. Justin, do you have something that you want to bring up? Oh uh, no, not really. <laughs> oh, I guess right
2: there at the end, like uh, the aren't you gonna kiss? What does he say? Are you gonna kiss her goodbye? Nope, and then he like just walks no, yeah. off. That's ah, uh, uh. yeah. I'll throw out this. I one mean, one. I'll admit oh, there, are, there are some good one-liners. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say that, but much. I don't I
0: don't have all bad things to say. Yeah uh okay you people sit tight hold the fort keep the home fires burning if we're not back by dawn call the president
1: i said i said that to someone the other day (laughs) (laughs) we're like what yeah
0: you can mix that (laughs) into regular conversation too so good
1: all right Uh, i got uh this one right here where jack's on the phone with the insurers i'm gonna tell you about an accident and i don't want to hear act of god (laughs) 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 oh that one out there too oh
2: so good yeah. I okay. All right. right. I'm gonna. Yeah. We, maybe we need to do another episode about this because now I'm now I'm feeling like like I'm maybe missed out. Maybe this is been I might have been in the wrong mood.
0: You're changing my you mind. Have guys. To be, you have to be in the right mood to watch this movie. You you do. Um, body language, facial expressions. Let's move on to those things too, as we're kind of rounding out performance. I had first off just that Jack has a perpetual look of disbelief and that squint that we'll very famously use in Tombstone, but he's just completely <laughs> disbelief the whole time, just trying to squint his eyes up. What is happening? Yeah. And also just kind of always bobbing and moving his head. I noticed that a lot too. He's just trying to figure it out. Uh, and the hand signal. I love the hand signal that Chang Sings do. The core you mentioned it before they like to put up the little one, one. Yeah, the one finger and the little bit of the, the last three. Yeah. That'd be a good one to do, to like, across the hall to each other. Hey.
1: Uh, and I'm going to say, you know, like, with uh, some of the hand signals and things, like, the Raiden character, I felt like was underutilized. I feel like Raiden could have been more cool than he was. I mean, he grabbed the lightning and would fly out on it. Um, Thunder, I never really liked him when he was in it, but I, I think he was amazing, more powerful. He was not... Uh, his death made no sense to me. Like why would he blow himself up? I think, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, But some of their gestures and things that they did were really good. Just those small little things like hand gestures and, and how they, how they did all that. it was really nice.
0: I also um, enjoyed Jack's mullet. It's (laughs) so epic. 80s hair.
1: It's fantastic. Can we just comment about Kurt Russell's hair? Because. Kurt Russell's hair is Kurt Russell's hair in every movie he's been in. What movie do you see where he does not have that luxurious mullet, long hair, 80s look to him? He did soldier. it in. Just Soldier. That's the only one. Corey. Soldier was the only. Oh, gosh. Let's do that movie. I, I that. love that I movie so that much. Movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's an there, amazing there's movie. a couple
2: of actors that I feel like perpetually just look like they are 80s actors. Kurt Russell being one, uh, Robert Redford being another, where it's just yes, like they sure. can't. They can't escape that error. They just have like that feel about them.
1: And you can't see you can't see Kurt Russell with any other hair looking as good as he does. It wouldn't happen. No. Nope.
0: Um, I can't remember who pointed out to me um when the costumes though was that the, the, the Harley Davidson hat is a different hat at the end than it is at the beginning. It's a small thing, but I, I'm assuming it's supposed to be the same one, but the continuity is messed up. Unless because they don't show him by I, I think it's just. I think we black noticed that just, on 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 our watch,
1: Craig. I f- yeah, I, I think like it is, it's, yeah, it's just black with out.
0: white lettering at the beginning, and then it's got like the orange logo in the middle of it.
1: I just assumed he got his truck back and he went back through his truck and yeah. costume. I
2: him. just love how he can, like that's that's his whole that's his
0: quest is to get his yep. truck back. Like that's all he wants all throughout. Yeah, it's great. It was a horse in the original draft, Justin. Oh, when it, when it was a western.
1: Yeah. That's that's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> well yeah, he has to I have a to reason a remake. To stick
0: around. In the uh, in the old west.
1: I don't think they could pull off a remake because I think you would make up you would make fans like me upset if you <laughs> No, like chapter. a like a
2: Western remake, like a retelling. <laughs> you know what? Let's just sci fi it. Why not? Sci fi it. I mean no they I did got. that
0: with Cowboys and Aliens, and how well did that work out? <sighs> I liked that movie. <sighs> yeah. 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 All right. Uh, setting and design. Um, you guys mentioned this earlier. I, I think it might've been Corey, uh, that it's on sets. Like this is almost exclusively like built on back lots. Yeah. Which makes sense for what they're doing, but it's, it's a massive set. And then all the underground stuff and some of that stuff looks like it's roots grown out of the trees or out of the concrete and whatnot. Uh, it's really an impressive, impressive, uh, collection of sets. And really there's just two locations. I mean, you've got other than the street, you got Wang's restaurant, the dragon of the black pool, which doesn't really sound like a place I'd want to eat at. No. Uh, and then the wing Kong import export trading company.
1: Well, and the whole down it's, it's very seedy underworld. The elevators go down and you're supposed to see this underworld, almost the descending into the hell of these bad guys, these villains. um, so, so I know we're on sets and back lots, but it makes you feel like that's where everything took place below ground, where nobody knows this is taking place. Yeah,
0: Justin, anything with with set de- uh, set design, props, anything that you?
2: Um, I kind of said this earlier, but I I do appreciate that so much of it was a set, and just it it makes everything feel quite a bit more real. Like you move from place to place to place, and at no point do you feel like it's at least I didn't. Maybe I could be more critical and rewatch. But you, you don't necessarily feel like any of it's on a backlot. You don't feel like it, any of it's fake. Like it all feels San Franciscoy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, there is two props that I got to point out because they'll tie into my fan theory later. Is uh, <laughs> the beast that comes up the hairy little weird creature beast? Yes. Monster yeah, and completely- the, floating, the super monster, yeah. the floating head eyeball thing. To kind of oh, oh, that thing, yeah, yeah, which is creepy, is all snot. You can't, I mean, love it. And I love when Jack shoots it. Well, you never know till you try. Like shoots <laughs> it, uh, but those two things, it just kind of shows there's this that kind of goes further into this mystical element of monsters and villains. So those props were intentional. So when that eyeball
2: thing came out, yes, I'm I'm a little irritated because as an avid D&D player, Dungeons & Dragons. That is ripped right out of Dungeons & Dragons. In Dungeons & Dragons, that's known as a beholder, and it's like the exact same thing. And I just... I hope somebody got sued. Or...
1: Did, did you Dungeons research and Dragon see Dragon, the origin of that? Big, yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. Uh,
2: that's been around... I'm going to confirm real quick, but yeah. um, that's been around lo- at least a decade longer than Big yeah, Trouble Because the Mortal
0: Kombat guy came from... From this movie. Raiden, right? Yes. Yeah, that's that was that's what came from this. The uh, Beholder looking in, that up, in D&D oh,
2: was introduced in
0: 1975. Oh, oh
2: well, there you go. All right. And it so is maybe it's, the exact same thing.
0: Maybe they're both based
2: on something even f- further back. I'm going to choose to be ignorant and assume <laughs> they just stole it.
0: <laughs> uh, I also wanted to point out um, how awesome it is that Egg Shen has a hidden fire pole that goes right straight to the underworld. Because of course it does. That's pretty great.
1: Now, is Egg Shen mortal? I mean, what do you think here? Well, that's a good question because he's fought Lopan before. Him and I mean, Lopan even says peasant magic and yell. I mean, he, Egg Shen, you never could beat me, right? There's history here with Egg Shen and Lopan to where I feel like, and fitting in the genre, yin and yang, Lopan and Egg Shen would be the opposite mystical sides of each other.
0: There's an origin story that could be told there, Cory. Right like there. In a comic or something.
1: And there's a sequel that could be uh told in a fan theory that <laughs> I have. Yeah. Um, that was my final thought.
0: There you go. And something uh, something else I noticed from this that's still in um in set decoration was that you we also, you have the we mentioned the neon um skull, yes. but there's also a demon statue, uh, which is uh I believe it's Qing Dai. It's the it's the demon that Lopan is trying to uh make a sacrifice to 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 be uncursed to get, to lift the curse which i never really noticed the fact that there was two big neon covered statues so that's pretty cool. Oh i didn't yeah that that's well that's a representation of, of the the Qing Dai of Qing Dai the uh the demon I like that yeah but as far as props i mean you have to mention the pork chop express of course oh um and you mentioned the the insurance company thing the just the fact that there's a payphone just i i just love the fact that, that you see those cuz you never see payphones anymore
1: yeah and he's he's on that old type phone with the cords and stuff now kids wouldn't even understand yeah and you mentioned also in the fight that there's like
0: swords, butcher knives, bow staffs, machine guns, <laughs> just everything
1: everything, but then they bring in you know and and at the time i mean this was this was quite a large movie to pull in this many characters who are all different uh different aspects from top to bottom. They had the female fighters down in the jail that they were, and I mean, they were tough characters. And so they put them in there. I mean, everybody, they, they went through a lot of different aspects beyond just the, the weapons and things that they had, but like the people as well. Yeah. I will say Jack Burton's knife when I was a kid, I thought was the coolest knife ever because it was a double-sided blade that it that he had. Which you know is useful for throwing and stuff, so that no matter how it spins, it's going to stick. But I always thought when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I want-. I had hunting knives growing up, and you know the the Rambo type knife, but I always wanted the Jack Burton knife because it had the double sided blade. Nice. Uh,
0: anything uh, else on set decoration
2: before we talked about characters? Justin? I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole right here. Yeah, and, you're uh, excellent. Someone someone has a fan theory. Is this Corey? Corey, did you write this fan theory? No. Um. Someone has a fan theory that Big Trouble in Little China is actually just a big D and D game. Oh, that's why there's Beholder in it. Welcome to the party, pal. Oh man. All right, I'm gonna rewatch it with that theory in mind, and I'm gonna like it. There's lots of other ways.
1: Uh,
0: so we talk. <laughs> nope, that to, is to it. Enjoy. Come on now. Um. So characters, I think we talked about just about everybody. I thought it was interesting in doing research on this that, you know, Kurt Russell was not necessarily the first choice of the studio that they they tried to offer it to Clint Eastwood and Jack Nicholson. Mm. Um, I can kind of see Eastwood. Nicholson would have been a really interesting choice. Um, but I, put, yeah, I can't I see. East-
2: with yeah, me too. No. I can't see Eastwood like delivering I, those yeah. lines. With any sort of comedic Well, timing. maybe
0: when it was in the Western, when it was in the Western thing originally. I don't know. Because he'd done a bunch of Westerns at that point. Um, but I did think this time that it feels like Kurt Russell's kind of doing a John Wayne impression. Yes. Yes. Again, sort of the Western macho. thing. But he's even like kind of has the draw where he talks like this a little bit. It to me,
2: it kind of seemed like he was a kid that grew up watching John Wayne Westerns. Oh, see? Yeah.
0: Makes sense? Yes. Uh, I love the fact that Kim Cattrall, who's a lawyer, her name is Gracie Law. Yeah. I think that didn't try very hard with that. It's just fantastic.
2: It's almost like he was a placeholder for the writers. They're like, oh, we're going <laughs> to change that later. And then they never
0: did. Yeah. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh,. Yeah, we mentioned James Hong, Victor Wong, of course, is Egg Shen. Uh Egg Shen. I love yeah. him. Yeah. Right. De- it feels Dennis like a- Dunn. Dennis Dunn is Wang Chi. That's why I'm gonna call it Dennis Dunn, though, because that man just he deserves he deserves his flowers, as the kids say. He he's fantastic in this, and I agree, Corey. I would have loved to have seen him in some other things.
1: You know, yeah, and I, I don't think he ever really did as much. Uh just a quick search here. I mean his credits, he's only been in twenty-eight things. You know, a lot yeah. of years spanning stuff, just to episodes of stuff here and there. Yep. Uh, nothing nothing as good as this movie that no. stands out. And I, he was the coolest guy to me. I got to be honest. Uh, Last well, I think Emperor, he's doing his own stunts, too. So, I mean, he's
0: he's pulling off the physical aspects of this. And, and, and at one point it was going to be
1: Jackie Chan. but Oh. Well, yeah. Uh, a lot of the guys who are in this movie reunite in like The Last Stepper and uh, some other movies that come out with the. Chinese history and some of those things that they they bring in together. They, yeah. They've been in a lot of movies together. But Egg oh. Shen, let me yeah. talk about Egg Shen for a second here. Let's I'm talk gonna, about
0: Egg Shen.
1: I'm going to talk about Egg Shen because, uh, and Justin, I'm going to throw another movie at you that I, I think you might have to watch. So Egg Shen, and this is the only way that makes sense. The beginning, does it feel a little wonky that Egg Shen is in the beginning getting interviewed by, I don't know, a lawyer like he somehow he leaves at the end of the movie. says he's going to take a vacation, and then if you wait, kind of wait, Corey, 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 timeline wise, Corey, yes. wait, yes, no,
2: hey, are you going to connect this to Three Ninjas? No, I'm not going to connect. <laughs> you it bet, to three okay. Ninjas,
1: but I'm going to connect it to another movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, and okay. So what happens I thought is
2: thought you were going to ruin Three Ninjas for me.
1: No, right. he gets arrested. Right, he leaves vacation, and uh, so the, somehow he gets caught up in this inquiry. So they decide, hey, you know what? We're going to revoke your visa or something. We're going to send you out. So he has to leave the country. He goes over to Nepal, where he is in a monastery, and then he is the same mystical character with those magical powers that he has in the Golden Child with Eddie Murphy. I love that he was movie so much. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And same year in the gold child, which came out about a year later, uh, in the golden child, Eddie Murphy is a guy who's trying to save, uh, the chosen one, you know, and he's trying to, he's kind of like a Jack Burton type hero and egg Shen is over there, but now he's going by the name of, uh, Oh shoot. Where'd I go? Hold on. He's going by the name of the old Goopa. And he has the same exact character, same exact type of, uh, Physical dialogues, everything he does. And he has the mystical thing. He disappears and turns into a bird and flies off, which fits his genre that he is not immortal. He is immortal, like Lopan. And Lopan also happens to be in The Golden Child as well. That's true. Personally, a Long doctor. He's trying to. So it's kind of like a little matrix here. You can't kill one and not the other. So they're both still around because they've Maybe it's Lopan's brother. I don't know. Or it's Lo Pan just kind of resurrecting, coming back of his power. So I'm just telling you, it makes sense. It makes sense. He fits the character. So there's my fan theory. I think Eddie Murphy in The Golden Child is in the same universe as Jack Burton in Big Trouble, Little China. There you go. That Justin's is the stunned beautiful- at that fits. amazingness. Have you seen The Golden Child?
2: Having not seen The Golden Child, but vaguely oh. aware of it.
1: It's very much similar type of uh western man thrown into the mystical world of some of these ancient magic and mystics and uh being a little smart alecky doing what he does to save the day. Same same story. Came out around the same time too, right? Yeah, About no
2: this
0: right. yeah, well Big Trouble in China was rushed out into theaters so that it wasn't in direct competition. Yeah. Yes, they were in production at the same time.
1: Now, my third extension of that theory is that Egg Shen loses his powers. There's there's more. And gets uh exiled to the world of perfection Nevada and is in Tremors where he dies from a monster <laughs> that was from the mystical world that comes to finally kill him. There you go. There you go. Okay. Three movies. But this uh, is a trilogy. This is a trilogy no, with Egg Shen.
2: But at some point he goes and he trains his grandsons, the three ninjas. Yes. Uh to fight Terrorists, I want to say. I don't what know. It? It's been a while since I saw that movie. Never seen it.
1: This is good. Three Ninjas? Here.
2: Nope. Oh, it's good. It's this good stuff. good
1: cinema for everybody.
2: Nah. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So, uh, Hero's Journey. <laughs> Moving on. Greg uh, doesn't
2: allow the nonsense. He's like, now no, we're <laughs>
0: done. <laughs> that- Only, well, I think we've reached our nonsense quotient for this part of the yeah. hour. Um, uh, Hero's Journey, I said, it really doesn't have one because. Um, Again, Jack Burton, who's the quote unquote hero, is not. He he's an idiot, and the actual hero is is Wang Chi.
2: Yes. I don't think Jack Burton really has much character development either. Like he Oh no, by the end, he's kind of the same guy.
0: He's exactly (laughs) like that's why he's you know, he's talking smack on the C B at the beginning and at the end, and yeah, completely oblivious to the fact that the sewer monster is behind him. Oh yeah. Yeah, he (laughs) he is what they like to call in the trade a static character.
1: Mm,
0: There you go, kids.
1: But Wang Chi grows throughout the show. Sure.
0: Well, yeah, that's true. Because Wang's the hero. Yes. He's a dynamic character, kids. Very dynamic. There you go. Stop trying to teach
2: things, Craig. Gosh, (laughs) go to rest.
0: Uh, We talked about world building a lot. Um, I love the fact that there is this really dense mythology. There is totally, it's ripe for, again, a comic book, something. You could totally, an animated series, something. There, There could be a way that you could easily branch off of this prequels, sequels, what have you. Um, and I really was thinking, if this had been a hit, there's, there absolutely would have been room for sequels if they wanted oh, to. Oh, yes. Yeah, the fact that I think it lost t- money. I think
1: you could even do one now. I think there's enough of a cult following that you could do a extension somehow. Kurt Russell's the right age to bring in a new character to pass the torch, yeah. but have him there as a knighting for the next one.
0: I mean, Dwayne Johnson was interested in doing a, a remake or a sequel, it kind of varied depending on what point of, uh, he was talking about doing that. So.
2: Yeah. You know, I think we need to start a like a little uh, justice for Wang Chi movement, because I'm looking at the movie poster here again. I don't even think he's on the front.
1: Really? Let me look. I got the poster. You're right. Yeah, like oh, the official caught, one, the, the, the one that's it. on
2: IMDb. I'm
1: looking right now, too. They got a lot of the guys down there. I don't see Wang Chi.
2: I mean, there's like a lot of people in the background, but he's definitely not like featured.
1: No, it's great Gah and Jack. Is that him? He with is, The he's the, the Chewbacca
2: kick? of this.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it'll be in our show art as well, but I don't think he unless that's him doing that flying kick like over Kurt Russell's knee. Yeah, he's not getting love for, either way. If I have to, if I have to strain to look for him, you know he's not getting any love. Yeah, that's, yeah,
1: and that's unfair. I, I mean the I Golden mean?
0: Gate Bridge gets more of a prominent spot than he does.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Justice for Wang Chi. Justice mm-hmm. for Wang Chi. Let's start the hashtag. All right. Uh final thoughts.
2: Justin, I'm gonna start with you. You know, I think I've said everything I want to say. Uh, I want to like this movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a rewatch and maybe in a future episode I'll 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 see if I've come around at all. Because I feel like it, it has things that I would like, just like you like your mom's lasagna, you like beef stew, you like chicken and rice, but maybe just not like all together three days later, mixed together when they shouldn't be mixed. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want that. Yeah. Okay. That sounded really deep in my head, and then it came out, and it just, yeah, it just wasn't. See, yeah. we,
0: we at least got you to think the movie had some redeeming value, which is really... That's kind of the goal. Good, good one-liners. For sure. Corey, final thoughts?
1: My final thought, I'm going to wrap up with a Jack Burton quote because I think this is the quintessential wrap-up of Jack Burton's character. It's just the, the chaos of it and then yet the whimsical humor he has. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, Give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. <laughs> that is big trouble in Little China. Yeah.
0: I, I don't have much to add on either. I mean, I think I've said plenty of like I, I like this movie a lot. It, it's a movie that I've enjoyed rewatching multiple times in the last couple weeks. Um and and, and a couple months. Um yeah, I think it's a, it's a fun ride. Right? It's it's something to be re, to revisit if you haven't seen it in a long time. I think if you're a fan of Kurt Russell, it's it's one of his best roles. I think one of the most most iconic roles. Uh, if you haven't seen uh, John Carpenter anything, you should check out some of his stuff. Uh, I think you know the, um, Escape from New York is fantastic. The Thing is fantastic. I'm not a big fan of horror, so Halloween's not really on my on my list. But I like some of his action movies. I even I would even put in a poll for. Or a, a, a drop for uh, John Carpenter's Vampires with James Woods is this same kind of just bizarre humor uh, with some great action in it. So that's what I that's what I think. So as we close, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, email us at readingbetweenreels at gmail.com, or use the speakpipe app on our website. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and support us by writing a review on your favorite podcast catcher. Our next episode will be a review of Logan. Yeah, the Wolverine movie. Send us an email or voicemail about your favorite moments from Logan, and we'll share it on the next episode.